You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Introducing the Mike Moore Ministries mobile app, your gateway to spiritual inspiration and godly leadership. With a host of practical features, it's like having a personal spiritual guide in the palm of your hand. Watch and listen to the How to Win podcast, get exclusive early access to the Answers That Work broadcast before it airs on television, receive uplifting and thought-provoking nuggets, and stay up to date with Mike Moore's speaking engagements through an interactive calendar. To download, visit your device's app store and search Mike Moore Ministries. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Listen, I'm so glad to have you with us today. We're going to have a great time learning and growing uh, today. I began in our last episode a series entitled Taking Advantage of Your Advantage. Taking Advantage of Your Advantage. The theme that's running through this entire series is the advantage believers have when dealing with the death of a loved one. The advantage that believers have when dealing with the death of a loved one. Of a loved one. I said in our uh, first episode that I felt an unction uh, from the Holy Spirit to teach on this area. You may be dealing with the death of a loved one. You may be struggling overcoming uh, that significant departure, that significant death. Or you may not be dealing with it, but listen, this series. It's for you. It's for you if you've had someone that you've lost and you're struggling navigating through. But it's also uh, important for you if you had no one to die in your life. But if you should live and Jesus should tarry, there will come a day where you will lose or someone that's significant you will die depart this life. And I want to prepare you for that time. So I'm teaching this series, taking advantage of your advantage. In episode one, we talked about the Holy Spirit and how he was sent to help us. And we talked about his ministry in a general way to us. The rest of the way, we're going to be talking specifically about certain advantages that we have as believers. In this second episode, we're going to talk about the peace advantage. The peace advantage. You have an advantage of supernatural peace. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So as always, we like to find our terms. So what is peace? I'm going to give you a definition. I uh, hope that you will take notes. I hope that you will make a mental note. And I hope that you will go back and look at these background texts because we believe that the word of God is the answer for everything. And in this context, overcoming the death of a loved one. So what is peace? Peace is a supernatural state of serenity, tranquility, quietness, and confidence 
that flows from the inside of the believer to the outside of the believer. I'll say that again. What is peace? It is a supernatural state of serenity, tranquility, quietness, and confidence that flows from the inside of the believer to the outside, his or her external circumstances or environment. Peace is supernatural. And that's the advantage you have. You have a force on the inside of you and it flows out of you because the Holy Spirit is stimulating and releasing peace on the inside and it flows out into your external circumstance, your external uh, environment. The Bible teaches that there are two kinds of peace, two kinds of peace. The proof text for that is John 14, 27. I'll read it to you in the New King James Version. Jesus here is speaking. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be Afraid. Let's look at this text. Jesus here in John 14 is preparing his disciples for his departure. And that's what death, according to the Bible, it is a departure. It's leaving one place, going to another place. And he's preparing them and letting them know that he's getting ready to leave. He will no longer be walking physically or in the flesh alone with them. So he's saying to them, I'm going away. Their hearts is troubled by that, that uh, uh, warning or, or that insight. Their hearts is troubled because they love Jesus and he's been everything to them. Then he says this amazing thing. He says, but my peace, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to depart, but I'm going to leave my peace, my peace. He said, I'm going to leave you my peace. The word my, you know, I love words. The word my is a possessive adjective. It is a possessive adjective, my peace. My means belonging to or associated with the speaker. So Jesus is speaking. He says, I'm going to leave my peace. I give to you. And he says, I give to you. This is a gift. This peace is not something you're going to pay for. It is a gift I give to you. And then he says something, not as the world gives, do I give to you. And then he says, let not your Heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not. This peace, this supernatural peace that gives you an advantage is a choice. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not it be afraid. But in this context, this text, we see two kinds of peace. Jesus says, my peace and then he talks about a peace that the world gives. So let's talk about these two kinds of peace. Let's talk about the world kind of peace. 
The world's peace, the peace that the world gives, and the world has a peace because Jesus said it. The peace that the world gives is natural. Make a mental note of that. I'll, 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 I'll put that in the notes uh, of your phone. The peace that the world gives is natural. What, what, do you, what do you mean, Mike, when you say natural? It's natural because it is available to the unsaved. It is a peace that is available to the unsaved. It's natural in that it's fragile. It can be easily stolen. It is natural in that it is inconsistent. The world's peace is inconsistent. In other words, it manifests in good times, in positive situations, favorable circumstances only. The only time the world's peace manifests is in good times, in positive situations, favorable circumstances. I call it a welfare peace. It's based on the absence of problems. Now, you can see a problem with this peace. Another characteristic of the world's peace is that it makes sense. It makes sense. When your loved one dies, it makes sense for you to be down and you to be depressed. It just makes sense. When your loved one dies, it makes sense to worry. It makes sense to be full of trouble. When your loved one dies, it makes sense to be angry. It makes sense to be bitter. It makes sense to curse people out if they push you the wrong way. It just makes sense to curse them out. The world's peace makes sense. When your loved one dies, it makes sense to be hopeless. It makes sense to be afraid. It makes sense to give up. It makes sense to be disappointed. It makes sense to grieve. When your loved one dies, it makes sense to fall out with your family. It makes sense to cut off your loved ones. It makes sense to argue about what was left, the will. It makes sense to argue about the program and who speaks on the program and whether or not you can sing your favorite song. It just makes sense. The world's peace makes sense. It makes sense because most people don't have the Holy Spirit. Now, most people don't have the capacity to walk in peace, this supernatural peace. They can only walk in a natural peace. It's sometime a peace. So when your loved ones or, or, or others, they act like natural people act, don't criticize them. Don't tell them you shouldn't be acting like that. No, no, no. The Bible says that love edifies, but knowledge will puff you up. No, no, no. Jesus says, I'm going to send you a helper, 
the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world can't see him. The world can't know him. The world does not have the Holy Spirit in them and with them and helping them. So it's natural for them to act like people who don't have help. It's natural. So rather than being haughty and proud because you have knowledge, why not show compassion? Why not understand? I know what you're thinking, but that person is saved. They should know better. Well, now listen, being saved is wonderful. It's the greatest thing that could happen to you. But once you save, you have to have your mind renewed. And I've, dis- I've discovered that many Christians who are genuinely saved don't have a renewed mind. They think the way people in the world think. So rather than being uh, haughty and judgmental, let's be compassionate. Let's understand because it is natural. It's natural. That's the way people feel. That's the way people act. And that's natural. What I'm trying to show you from God's word that there's another kind of peace. And Jesus called it my peace. He said that it is my peace. And Jesus' peace is supernatural. The world's peace is natural, but Jesus' peace is supernatural. So what is this peace that Jesus uh, left for the believer and and he gives to the believer? What what is this peace? What what is the nature of this peace? How does it look? What is the character of this peace? What are the characteristics of this peace? Let's talk about Jesus' peace. It is available only to believers. It is available only to Christians. That's why Christians walking in this peace will operate supernaturally. Jesus' peace is not based on willpower, refusing to cry. Jesus' peace does not demand you to not cry. The Bible said that Jesus will. It's not willpower. This is not, I'm just not going, I'm just not going to let it, I'm just not. No, 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 no. It's not willpower. It's not refusing to cry. No, this peace is released by the Holy Spirit on the inside of the believer. It is the Holy Spirit partnering with the believer. It has nothing to do with the the person. It's the Holy Spirit releasing this peace on the inside. Jesus' peace, unlike the world's peace, is consistent. It manifests in good times. But it also manifests in bad times. It manifests in adversity. It manifests in trouble. It manifests in difficulties. And guess what? It manifests even in death. I've experienced it. I know it. I have experiential knowledge of it. That you can walk in a supernatural peace even though someone that you really love departed. It's consistent. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Remember, the world's peace makes sense, but Jesus' peace doesn't make sense. It just does not make sense. In fact, Philippians 4, 7 in the New King James Version said that Jesus' peace 
surpass understanding. The Good News translation of Philippians 4, 7 says, this peace that Jesus gives is far beyond human understanding. You see, Jesus' peace is so rare, so foreign to the human experience that others will think when you walk in it, others will think you're in shock and you don't care. Now, when you really walk in Jesus' peace, folk going to think you don't even care. Oh, they're going to say, oh, baby, don't worry about Don't worry about him or her. They'll be all right. They're just in a little shock now. Well, I, you know, once I realized this and, and got a revelation of this, you know, I, I, I would be in shock, according to the world, when my mother died. But guess what? I stayed in shock. I mean, I, apparently I'm still in shock. She'd been de- dead a few decades, been dead a decade or so, more than a decade now, and I'm still in shock. Because it's so rare, it's so foreign to the human experience that when you really walk in it, people think, that person right there is in shock. They, they just don't care. So what does it like? I give you some Bible illustrations of what it uh, looked like. In Mark 4, verse 38, it says, But he was in the stern asleep on a pillar, and they awake him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we perish? Many of you may know this story, but for those of you that don't, Jesus instructed his disciples in Mark chapter 4 to go to the other side of the lake. So they end the boat. He's tired. He go to the stern, the end the part of the boat, fall asleep on a pillar. Great storm came down. A great storm came down. Some translations said that the boat was full of water and about to sink. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, uh, ship, asleep on a pillar. How do you sleep through the wind and the waves? How do you sleep through water lapping up against your face? How do you sleep in a storm? It's dark, it's thundering and lightning. How do you sleep? That's Jesus' peace. That's what it looks like. Even in bad times, in times of adversity, it's available. Acts 12, 6, this is what it looks like. And when Herod was about to bring Peter out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. He's in a maximum security prison. Herod killed James one of the followers of Jesus, and then he arrested Peter because the people got excited when he killed James, so he's going to kill Peter. So they put him in maximum security prison. The Bible says that, that, that he commanded 16 soldiers working around the clock, two at the, at the uh, door of the jail, Two uh, chained to him. He had a soldier on one side, a soldier, and chained to two soldiers, and two at the at the door of the jail. And then uh, twelve others rotating, four squads rotating uh, around the clock to guard this guy. And he was going to take him out the next morning. Going to take him out and execute him. And an angel. The Bible said he was sleeping. How do you sleep in something like that? I know many of you, possibly. I'm not sure I'll be sleeping like that. He's snoring. 
angel came in the cell, great light hit the cell, and he had to strike him. Now, I don't know whether it slapped him across the head or whether they pushed him in the side, but he had to shake him to wake him up. He's sleeping. That's what the peace of God looks like. You can sleep in the storm. You're not worried. You're not walking the floor. You're not heavy on medication. No, you got the peace of God. That's what it looks like. You say, sure, I want some of that. Well, I'm going to give you a prescription, but you got to read it because I'm going to take you through it right quick. You got to read it for yourself. The prescription for this piece is found in Philippians 4, verse 4 through 9. It's a prescription. In fact, I'm going to give you five pills, five spiritual pills. Number one, you'll find this in Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Number one, keep a glad, laughing spirit. Keep a what? Glad, laughing spirit. When? After your loved one dies, in the middle of that, when everybody is mourning, keep a glad, laughing spirit. Where's that? Well, Philippians 4.4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice. The word rejoice means to be glad, calmly happy, and be cheerful. Think about it. Think about this for a moment. Oh, I know God is helping you. We do the opposite of rejoicing. We do the opposite. We create environments at the wake. We create environments at the home where it's sad. It is morning. People get up and they they take sad t- testimony. Now I, I'm not pre- talking about uh, not crying and all that, but I'm just saying we create environments. We even create environments at the funeral. It's just push. It's just sad. Just morning. And the scripture tells the see we taking the wrong medicine. Keep a glad laughing spirit, a glad laughing spirit. I remember when my mother died, I forced myself to laugh. I forced myself to laugh because I understood this. I understood this, that that the the formula for tapping into peace is that I have to keep a, a glad laughing spirit. Number two, don't get caught up with what men do or don't do. Don't get caught up with what men do or not do. I'm telling you, at funerals, people do some strange things. At the death of loved ones, sometimes people ask to bereave. Listen, sometimes they ask personal questions like, what happened? Uh, did they have insurance? And and all this kind of stuff. Like, you're going to give them some money. The only time you should be asking about the insurance is you get ready to pay for it if they don't have it. You should be asking a personal question like that. And then sometimes people said the craziest stuff at one when people die. Don't listen. Don't get caught up with what men do or don't do. Well, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't call out the, the name of this one. They didn't come to the funeral. They didn't, they didn't visit me. They didn't send me any food. You know what I mean? They didn't even call when my loved one, don't get caught up. You want the peace of God? Don't get caught up with what, what men do or don't do. Where you get that? Well, that's in Philippians 4, 5. It says, let your moderation be known to man. Moderation means forbearance, overlooking the faults, the failures of others. Don't get caught up in it. The devil trying to push grief on you. Folk just miss it. Sometimes people are processing death. They don't know what to say. And rather than say nothing, then they say something crazy. They do something crazy. Don't do something right. Don't get caught up in it. 
Don't get caught up in what men do or don't do. Number three, I'm going to get, this is the third pill. You got to take the medicine. Now, third pill, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Pray about everything. Take that third pill. Pray about everything. The word worship, the, the word prayer means worship. Start worshiping God because God is good even though the loved one died. God didn't change. Supplication means a definite request. Ask God specifically what you need. Tell him specifically what you desire. And then Thanksgiving, just thank the Lord. Spend time thanking the Lord. So pray about everything. Here's the fourth pill. Fourth pill. You ready for the fourth pill? The fourth pill is set your mind on positive things. There's a lot of negative things you could be thinking about. A lot. But set your mind. That's Philippians 4, 8. It says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, just, lovely, good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. He's telling you to think on these things. He's telling you to think on these things. He's telling you to think on these things. Think on positive things. Think on positive things. The Bible says if you take this medicine, I got one more pill, though. I got one more pill. I got one more pill. I got one more pill. But pill number one, keep a glass spirit. Second pill you got to take is don't get caught up with what men do. Third pill, pray about everything. Fourth pill, set your mind on positive things. And then the fifth pill, just do it. Just do it. Just take your medicine. Take your medicine. Take all, uh, all the pills. Take your medicine. Verse 9 says, the things which you've learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace will be with you. A peace that surpasses all understanding. He said, the things that you've learned, things that you've heard, things that, you, things that you've received, do it. You've got to do the word in the midst of the child. You can't fall apart. you got to do what you're being taught. you got to do. you got to mix faith with the word. you got to stand on the word. Don't just go with the flow of how everybody act because you have available to you supernatural peace. Listen, I got to close this out. I know this is helping you. I know it. I know it. I know you're being blessed. And in our next episode, I'm going to talk about the joy advantage. We talked about the peace advantage. We talked about the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to talk about the joy advantage. Look, I look, listen, I look forward to seeing you next time. Go back and listen to this podcast and then share it. Tell somebody what I'm teaching. Uh, I'm teaching this and, and, and get there. Tell them about the podcast so that they can get blessed. I love you. Look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>